Imagine a world where you knew that you mattered and you belonged. The people cared about you because we were so darn good at listening to one another, no matter how different we are. That is what Sidewalk Talk is doing by putting listeners on sidewalks all over the world so that we can practice the art of connecting. Join me, founder and director Tracy Rubel, as I interview experts on the fine art of human connection and interview some of our volunteers who've been listening on the sidewalk and even some of the folks that we've listened to. And if you want to volunteer, consider joining us at sidewalk-talk.org. Adriana Marchione is a filmmaker, a teacher. She speaks. She's a movement educator, arts therapist, and poet. She is a wise soul who you may have seen her award-winning documentary short called When the Fall Comes, which is a testament to love, loss, and art. She shares her personal story about melancholy, joy, and the reverence that accompanies loss after she lost her husband and father in a short period of time. More recently, her project, The Creative High, is a film about artists who have faced addiction, and this is a passion that's born out of her own recovery from addiction. She takes such a unique lens on art and addiction, and I think by hearing Adriana and her story and the way that we think about art is another tool for all of us who are connectors to widen our embrace. And art is another way to connect. It's such a beautiful dialogue. And without further ado, I bring you Adriana Marchione. Adriana Marchione, I am so excited to have this opportunity to connect with you for so many reasons, not only because We've known each other for so long, but I am also getting to be in connection with you around your gifts with all these people that are my loves in the world. And I'm just so excited to have you here. Thank you, Tracy. It's always such a pleasure to hang out with you, (laughs) wherever it is, on Zoom, in person. Yeah. I... Can we give people a little bit of a timeline of kind of the trajectory of what you do and create in the world. Okay. So tell us a little bit about where you are now and maybe what's informed it and, and all that good stuff. Sure. Yeah. Um, gosh, where am I now and what's informed it? That's a good question. And uh, finding ways to articulate it right when it's been, uh, it feels like I've had a a pretty long career now use you know in the arts uh, but also working in a healing context a therapeutic context uh, educational context and um, today I mean I'm I'm really in this place of expansion and looking at how to support people to use creativity as a tool to expand awareness to express themselves to listen more deeply and that's through one-on-one therapy work i'm an art you know create i'm an expressive arts therapist is the official term uh it's through teaching running retreats classes and also doing my own art and and right now that's working on a documentary that has been 
in progress for about four years now about how addiction and art come together. So how creativity informs uh, people who have suffered with addiction and how they find their way to recover and transform in various ways and from different perspectives. And, and that's really, I mean, you know, that it's interesting to, to like, for me, this is coming full circle because really my healing journey started with my own recovery from addiction. And that, that began in 1993, which is, you know, 20, 26 plus years ago. And yeah, so, you know, I, I, I really, I feel very in awe of, of the fact that there has been this one thread that's kind of carried me through, you know, and, and I've supported so many people throughout the years with addiction. Um, and, you know, first I had to hit my own bottom and find my own process of recovery. And art was a big part of that. It was, it was, a, it was actually a big part of my life even before I got into recovery because um, I, I started out my, my, my teens just finding art as a way to express myself, as a way to make sense of life. And, and then, yeah, it just, it turned into a career. So it's kind of crazy, but exciting. So it's been quite a journey. <laughs> I love how you're, you're integrating these two big pieces. And as I've known you, you've always integrated some of your healing into not just the healing work that you do, but the art that you put out in the world. Because, you know, what you didn't say was that you have had an award-winning documentary film that you already produced called When the Fall Comes, that people can see now about yeah. the pr process of grief. And now here you are on to talk about art and um, addiction and recovery. And, and I think the thing that's always, for me, what I dig about your art, or when I'm in your presence, okay, is that there's art that you see on a canvas, and there's art that you see you know, on a, on a photograph and there's video, but then when I'm in your presence, because of all of your training in movement art, which is how we first met, right? Yes. Right. And at a movement right. workshop, right. Um, you're just so like, you can just like whip your arm a certain way and you're so free in your movement. And I'm just like, oh, she's just so in her body. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> it's delicious to watch you. Um, and so you bring that all together. It, to me, your documentaries are a little bit more three-dimensional, I think, because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Dance and movement are a big part of it. Yeah. And that, I mean, it's interesting that you say that as well, because that was so devoid of my experience before recovery. And and what happened was that I found my body through that healing process because I really, I was so mental. It was just always in my head. And even though I would go to the clubs and I mean, for me, it was all about drinking and alcohol. You know, I was, I, I would go to the clubs or to the bar and I'd love to just dance and get wild. And, but it was, I was never really in my body. You know, it was just, it was always this mental experience of whatever was happening for me. And um, so it took several years, but part of the amazement for me was, oh my God, I live in a body. And I started learning about movement and dance therapy and incorporating that into my own recovery. And then obviously that 
that's also been a part of my like you like you touch on part of big part of my work too and yeah just all of a sudden it was it was like oh I can I can feel myself and I have feet and <laughs> and I can even express myself that way so being interdisciplinary like having all these different modes of expression uh, has been very fundamental for me too because it's I always talk about art as language and that there's all these different ways we can tap into it and, and people say to me, it's funny, it just this, I've encountered this a lot of times with many people recently, oh, I'm not an artist. Oh, I, you know, oh, I couldn't, you know, work with you or come to your retreat. I have no, I have no creative bones in my body. And I, I try to say, or I think if, who depends on if they're open to the conversation, that it's a, it's a learned language. Everyone's creative, but it's just about finding ways to express yourself and learning even simple things, simple tools can, can get you pretty far with art. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, I loved this, this statement that it's a learned, it's another language and it's learned. Yeah. You know, and we're talking, you know, the whole premise of sidewalk talk is connection. And what happened inside of me when you just said that is, oh, yeah, it's, it's like a whole other way of connection. Yeah. sometimes doesn't even involve language or it doesn't involve words. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it does involve words, right? Too. I mean, it can be poetic words or a story that's told in a very abstract and beautiful way. And, but it takes it out of the ordinary. It takes it out of this linear way of thinking. Yeah. So that, yeah. What I hear, hear you saying, what's coming to mind right now is that in a way, it opens us to some other aspects of connecting. Because if you change the language, you yeah. change the quality of the connection as well. Yes. Is that your experience when you're dancing or when you're making a film or when you're collaging or painting or photographing? Does it feel like you have another way to connect with other humans and yourself. Yeah. 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 I love that you have that I know. added that at the end. Because <laughs> yeah, because both really you know, both um it often, right, it starts with the self. It starts with myself is that I I want to say something or I'm feeling something and words or, you know, even just journaling. I mean, journaling is, to me, also a, it can be a form of art in its own way. I mean, it's, we're getting something out on the page. We're getting, we're expressing something that may be close to our heart or oh, that feels difficult to say out loud, but we put it in a journal. But, but it's going that much further. And so when I create a poem, for instance, or, yeah, do a collage photograph, it's like I go into this other zone of like the liminal space. You know, it's, it's like this extraordinary. It, it's almost like I, I, I feel like I step into another reality when I create. And it allows me to tap into a, a deeper sense of who I am. But also, it can, and, and, and I, I use this word sparingly but you know it can feel magical because it has 
like I touch into something that that's beyond myself or that's more of myself or, you know, there's all these things that are undescribable at times. Like I can't fully say what it is, but it's also when I'm connecting with others and if I'm guiding people or I'm, or I'm doing a dance with somebody or et cetera, et cetera, that I get to learn something different about who they are. I get to see them from a fuller perspective. It's, mm. To me, it feels more honest when we're making art together. And I feel more honest with myself. I think that's what it boils down to. That's maybe what I'm trying to get to. There's something really honest about it. What do you think creates that honesty? What do you, what, what's removed or what's added that allows you to feel more you and to see them more fully? Yeah. Yeah. There's, it's a, it's almost like a filter gets removed. Something drops mm-hmm. and it's, it's an unmasking. Mm-hmm. And I even do that. That's even an exercise I do with people. I've definitely done that around addiction and recovery is, is that there's a mask that we wear. We can see, see it through art. Like I've had people draw it out or move with it. And then there's this unmask that sometimes is, it can reveal different things, but sometimes it can show us more of what's underneath, you know, who, who's, who's, what's more of the true self underneath. Um, so yeah, it, something drops. There's also an ability to listen more deeply, like I said before, to, to yourself. And hopefully you don't have dis- distractions. I, I try to create environments that I drop the distractions, whether I'm by myself or I'm offering people a creative experience. Like turn off the phones, get away from the screen, or I mean, sometimes we're creating could be you're creating online or on a computer but generally you know it's like drop the distractions where you're you know you're not feeling the pressure of the everyday stuff and close the door you know whatever you can do to just have that space um and and then yeah it's a quiet space it's a it's a generative space so yeah something drops, something lets go, you move, remove the distractions. Mm. Mm. Yeah. You know, as you're talking, I'm, I'm almost trying it on as you're talking. So <laughs> here, here we are, we're kind of creating art right now. And yeah, I can imagine without the labeling of language and just using a color or a movement mm-hmm. or a sound um, to express a fleeting impulse of self and then yeah. on to the next and on to the next and on to the next. It allows you to move with the self as the self is kind of moving around. Cause I, I don't know about you, but I don't experience myself as a static thing. I have some pattern yeah. behavior, but in the moment I'm, I'm just kind of a field of, of energy and movement and all that kind of stuff. And then what occurs to me is as I feel myself trying on what you're describing, I go, oh, wow. Okay, so in the connective experience with another human, it's having that capacity to be, you know, they use the word mindful. I just, this just came to me and I'm going to be dorky, artful in the interactive yes. experience. Yeah, yeah, very, very much, right. Yeah. <laughs> I like it when you're dorky. <laughs> <laughs> artful. No, I mean, it, it's not dorky though. I think it's true. So artful is a really good word, right? It's yeah. 
artful. Well, it just hasn't been co-opted yet by the marketing culture. So I can kind of, and I don't know, I don't know about other people that are listening, but for me, art class was always fun, right? Mm -hmm. It was this place where it was, you know, you weren't so stressed about the A grade for me anyway. And it was a place to play. And I always remember feeling like no matter what was going on when I was in junior high and high school, I'd step into my art class and gosh, it was so de-stressing. That's good. You had a good teacher. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I did have good art teachers for sure. So you made this blend between, I want to get to this piece around recovery because I'll tell you, it's, it's something that I think you can bring some wisdom to because you're, you're looking at this whole thing from the inside. Yeah. And you, you've started this documentary. Well, you're actually well into the editing phase of a documentary called The Creative High. And you've blended this idea of this artist self with the recovering self. And what, what is that all about? And what are you trying to accomplish there in this documentary that you're making? Yeah. Well, and the, I mean, the title of the documentary is in itself, to, I hope to others, but to me it speaks... Uh, about the process itself, about what part of what I'm trying to convey in the film, which is that going to art is its is a is a high in itself. That, that there's often that we're chasing something when we're suffering with addiction, and we're often chasing that a feeling. A lot of times, people are I want to get away from something, so I want to. I'll be able to numb out my feelings or I want to feel more. I want to have more excitement. I want to, that was definitely true for me is that I went back and forth between, okay, I don't want to feel this. <laughs> and often I didn't want to think this. It was quieting the voices inside, the negative voices, the, the critical voices, the fearful voices. But it was also about, God, I want to, I want to feel more. I want to have a bigger experience. Uh, I want to get away from whatever limits me so I can feel more free, you know, all those things that I, I kind of chased in in my addiction. And to me, art has, it, it's this alternative to some of that, we could say that impulse that can be destructive. Instead, it's an impulse that is creative. So if I go to that, excite, you know, go to the cre- creativity, to me, I find sacredness. I find uh, a feeling of back to that, like I connect to myself in a different way and often I connect to others in a different way. So, so I've really seen that in my own life and I, I wanted to, and I've seen that so many students and clients that I've worked with over, over the years, I wanted to put that into a, a form and a film is a great form to put it into that I could express it in a, in a way that it could reach a lot more people. And that also, I, I just wanted to explore it. I wanted to go in a research project. I call this my PhD, <laughs> this <is> my <laughs> dissertation, because I'm like, I don't think I'm doing a PhD. I'm just, no. Um, but this has felt like a, a huge research project that um, I embarked on. It's become much bigger than I thought it would be. And where I was like, I want to talk to artists who've, who have suffered uh, with addictions and see like, what has it been like for them? Like how has art shaped their journey and how has it supported them to find the healing that they've needed and maybe continue, like continue that practice over time in recovery. So yeah, I think I answered your question. I'm not sure. Yeah. No, I'm just, I just go off. I'm just, I'm just following the, the, 
the flow of my own curiosity as I'm listening to you. And you know what? It just moved inside of me. I think being a therapist, it does seem like what you're taught in psychology programs is that addiction oftentimes is about numbing out an unwanted feeling or regulating yeah. some trauma. Right. And I forget. And I think there's something really beautiful. I do believe the human animal is always trying to heal, right? And yes. the therapists need to get over themselves because whether someone goes to therapy or not, they're going to they're gonna be moving towards growth, maybe more slowly in some areas, or they'll move yeah. towards destruction in other areas. But I just always forget that there's this um, healing impulse in addiction too. It's, it's yeah. got a destructive form, but it's this desire to feel more, or I heard the word be more alive. And then you yeah. use the word be free. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, right. It's not always about regulating a hurt or suppressing a bad feeling that sometimes, and maybe we're, I mean, maybe we are all looking to be more alive, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a prompt I use so often when I teach, when I have people with their drawing or if I'm having them move and dance, I say, where do you feel most alive? Follow that impulse. Mm. You know, follow that impulse. Because to me, that's the threat of creativity. Because if you're feeling, it's very improvisational. And if we're feeling something that excites us or makes us curious, or just like even like you're doing right now, right? Or something that sparks our imagination or just, it's like, whoa, what's happening? If we follow it, inevitably, something's going to happen. Something expressive is going to come of that. And I've seen it over and over again in myself and people I've worked with is like, yeah, there's that aliveness. And to come back to what you're saying about addiction, um, when I, my thesis, so I'm, my, <laughs> I'm not doing a dissertation, but when I did my thesis way back when now, um, the topic was creative passion. And it was using the work of expressive arts therapy, which is interdisciplinary, uh, to support people with addictions. And, I, and the title was really about that. It was about channeling, like how can we channel that passion and that intensity that people with addictions inherently seem to have inside of them? Mm. That's, again, that's my experience. And that's what I've seen over and over again. So many incredibly creative people have struggled with addiction or mental illness or trauma. Um, and so how can we channel that into something that's going to be generative, right? And, and so that to me is what creativity offers, if we can do it in a way that doesn't bring us destruction again, because sometimes <laughs> we can follow anything with a destructive lens to it, really, if, if you do it out of balance or if you uh, you know, start really seeking it for the wrong reasons. I mean, there's always something that can, can go off. But, but if it's done in a way that's very, again, mindful or artful, or maybe even within a safe container, if you need that, you know, it's amazing what can happen. Mm. Mm. What a beautiful, beautiful way to listen, what you were talking about in terms of where do you feel the most alive? Follow that thread line of aliveness, number yeah. one. And I was just thinking for all of our sidewalk talk volunteers, I don't know that I've ever put words to it like this, but I feel like there's an element of organically listening in that way, right? 
not trying to force somebody to feel more alive if they feel really flat, but that there tends to be this way in which in the human interaction, we're co-creating more aliveness together. And so I just, I love that verbiage that you're using. Mm. And then I also feel really touched because I, I guess I always like when people make friends with the shadowy things that we do. And when you said, I find a lot of people that are struggling with addiction to be really passionate people. Yeah. And I hear you making friends with the way that somebody who is struggling with addiction is trying to heal. And they happen to be a very passionate person. So are seeking out these, these sort of high fidelity experiences in an effort to heal. And I just think it's so loving for you to bear witness in that way instead mm-hmm. of pathologizing or judging someone for like, right. I guess maybe that's because, you know, you've learned to have some compassion for yourself, but I think it's a great um, <laughs> model and example for the rest of us to keep listening more deeply rather than hearing the sickness, yeah. hearing for the wholeness in people. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I think it's so important because I'm sure, you know, addiction and we could go on. I mean, mental illness and uh, there's so many things now in that same realm that people, you know, they, they get stigmatized or have been stigmatized over time. And so how to yeah, reframe it and, and also befriend it, like you're saying. And I think you do that so well. Like that's something I, I feel also I've learned from you and, um, and I see how you model that. And, and so, yeah, it's just, it's really also aids creativity because if you lean in, that's another thing I often say is like lean in to the struggle or lean in to the challenge or lean into the obstacle. And that can be where creativity gets very interesting because it's raw, it's real, again, it's honest and something something all of a sudden can surface, but it also can, can bring us transformation. I mean, that's what I've found again and again, that those painful things that happen, for me, it's been grief. Again, it's been addiction. It's also been things that have been traumatizing in my life, um, that when I lean into them and made art, of, art with them, that I'm communicating my experience in a very different way. And, uh, and often that brings me to acceptance, and sometimes to solutions too. Hmm. So what would be different to leaning in in a creative way with, say, something that's hurt you or a trauma or something painful versus trying to analyze it? Like what, what, what kind of possibility is, is different in that sort of creative space with that challenge? Yeah. Say? Well, I think the simple way to answer that is that it's bearing witness. Mm-hmm. It's bearing witness to what's happening without judgment, if you can. I mean, that, that's always, I mean, there's always that critical edge when we're creating. I think that's a lot of the reason why people say, oh, I could never make art. You know, oh, I'm not an artist. And it, to me, because the critic is really inhibiting, you know, it's like we get out of beginner's mind and we think we have to know what we're doing. Um, but when we can get in that place where we bear witness and just hold space for whatever wants to happen, you know, whatever, whatever poetry wants, you know, wants to come through. And that's what I did a lot when I, my grief was I lost my husband to lung cancer. 
uh, it was over 12 years ago now, and I started writing poetry even before, you know, sort of, I think a year into his illness. And, and that, it was like, I was just bearing witness to whatever words and feelings and abstractions were coming out. And, and that was just very, like, it was this relief. And it was also, um, it was confronting sometimes too, but it, it gave me a space, like a container to do that, that was it was safe on some level, right? It was just like, I'm putting it into this, into this journal mm-hmm. and I'm having these words hold it. And it gives me some, it gives me some distance. So I'm not like, I can get something out of myself. It's not just stuck inside. Um, and I can, yeah, again, bear witness and, and then do that with others. Like I, I'm so touched when I can bear witness to somebody making art about their life, about their pain, about their, yeah about about their struggle like and and i it's just so moving it's very powerful i just want to reflect because i think there's something so beautiful about in a way a tool that you're giving all of us when you say to lean into the struggle you said you know the art itself becomes the container you're able to get something out and and kind of have it held by something else and get a little bit of observational distance but also it's a way to embrace and hold it more yourself too because it's not all inside of you it's like there on the page or on that photograph or and i I really love that i I feel like that's something i can hold on to and it really makes sense to me right that i there's this way in which by making the art i get something out i can have a more friendly relationship to the struggle but here's the question i have for you We've only been talking about painful stuff. Is art ever fun? <laughs> I know, right? Yes, no, it's never fun. It's never fun. No. <laughs> um, of course. I mean, that it's, there's a, there's a, okay. So I'm first, I'm going to, I'm going to say something still connected to pain and struggle, and then I'm going to change it, flip it up. But there's a Florence and, and the machine there's a lyric, and I'm not going to quote it exactly, but uh, because I, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but she basically says, you know, when we bring something uh, painful into art, uh, then we transform it and it turns into something beautiful, you know, something soulful, like something uh, sometimes transcendent. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind mm-hmm. of exaggerating okay. her words, but, um, and, you know, music, like, is a, a great example of how art can be so transcendent, you know? And um, so I do love to have people celebrate through art too. And often, especially, I mean, if someone's coming to me with some really deep stuff, sometimes I start them with, with the positive. I say, well, what's working? You know, how can we express that? What's, what's going well? Like, where's the, where's the resources for you? Um, but just in general, yeah, I mean, coming together with people and making art, or for me, I mean, I use art as such, it's like such deep nourishment for, for, my, for my soul. You know, it's, it's for, I, I go to it all the time, you know, and I think like that's why people love binging Netflix or you know, <laughs> sitting at home at night and watching movies and shows. It's like, it's a great distraction but it also you know there's 
there's so much that sparks our, our imagination and, and mm-hmm. brings us to, again to like mysterious and altered spaces where we might feel a little bit differently. We might experience things in a new way. And um, so, yeah, like, you know, I love like both being the witness to art, you know, like going and, and going to see amazing art, whether it's uh, the museum or the theater, or et cetera. Um, but yeah, creating art to me, like I, I do these little collages that I go back and forth. I haven't done them. I've been doing them recently. I didn't do them for a long time, but it's like just this pure joy. Like I do these quick 10, 15 minute collages and I just find it, it's kind of silly, but it, it sometimes can feel deep, but it is just a way to um, spark something uh, and, and play a little bit. You know, it's play, art can be so playful. Playful. Yeah. yeah. Now I've been noticing that you've been posting your daily collages on Facebook and I haven't been doing as much social media lately, but when I do, it's one of the first things I'm like, Oh, I wonder what she did. One of her collages, your little 15 minute <laughs> collages. Cause it's just so free. There's no, nothing about politics or nothing yeah. that's going to grab my brain. It's just going to be this moment, you know? So I've been really enjoying it. So I hope you keep doing it. Um, I had to share, we kind of come full circle because we talked about how we met at the beginning. And I, ha- I also had a new awareness as you were talking and maybe my question came out of some awareness that wanted to kind of be birthed inside of me. You know, I have often gone to art when I was in pain and I haven't made a lot of art from joy. Hmm. Maybe dancing. I mean, well, not maybe, definitely dance. I'm a, I'm a just a crazy woman when I dance. I, there's pictures of me. There's, I'm just, I, I, I'm the sweaty one on the dance floor. That but I'm with you. <laughs> um, but I remember when you and I met at this movement workshop, it was a developmental movement workshop, what, 16 years ago. Yeah. With Jamie. Yeah. With, with Jamie McHugh. Jamie McHugh. Mm-hmm. Um, which by the way, I'll just, some context, it was the hardest thing for me because I was so in my head, only recently discovered that I had a body. And so he would have us move in front of someone and notice what it was like to move freely in front of someone and then have yeah. that person close their eyes and notice what it was like to move with not being watched. And so I think we spent a day acting like we were an infant on the floor and then <laughs> yes. rolling over, yeah, all that Definitely stuff. Definitely Jamie's work, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but there was this moment on one of the other days and he was giving us this moment to free move and I'm watching you and I'm watching some of your colleagues from Tamalpa, which is a, a movement institute that um, we can talk about in your bio. But I kept like trying to analyze. I could not give myself permission to play because mm. the art had to be doing something for me. I had to yeah. force it to help me grow yes. or I had to force it to help me discover something. Or I had to force it to relieve me of something. And Jamie came up to me and he put both of his hands on both sides of my face. He goes, you know what? I just want you to move in whatever way feels pleasurable to you. And only that for the next hour. (laughs) What a great directive. I'm like, I can move just to feel pleasure. So it's freeing to hear you talk about joy as, yeah. as part of the art making process and to watch you collage and watch the, the documenting of your collaging that you've been doing. God, we need, we need, some, we need some artistic joy right now. It's kind, yeah. of, it's kind of rebellious in this, in this time to be sort of stridently joyful, not in a yeah. spiritual bypassy way, but... And where I... I that- 
where I see you do that the most is when you dance. I mean, for mm-hmm. me, when you move, I, maybe it's just I admire it so much because I, I don't have the, the skill quite like you do in those free, you know, free movement spaces where you're not trying to just groove to the music, you know. I just love that when you do that. Well, it's, I'm, missing, I'm missing more movement and dance because I've been so immersed in this film process, which actually is kind of heady. You know, just yeah, like, I bet. Like, like, how did this happen? <laughs> Even though I love it. I love it, you know, and I'm conveying other people moving and being in their bodies. But, um, yeah, and, you know, to me also another thing that you're saying, which I think is really important, is art is a meditation. It actually brings us into the present moment. It's very, it's, again, it's very, it can be very mindful. and when we're not, that's where the, the critic can get involved too, is when we feel like, oh, I have to create to have a certain outcome. I have to have a, you know, there has to be a certain product coming out of this. And, mm-hmm. and maybe there will eventually, right? But if we come back to just the process of being in the art space and, and soaking in what it can offer us, which it's like a, vacation in some ways i there's again there's i think it's twyla tharp who says art is the only way to you know run away and not leave home mm-hmm. you know it's like we can take these mental vacations or just mm-hmm. a, a little break from our life while making art in some way it can be very simple i mean sometimes people do like coloring books or like creating a puzzle i mean there's just like different ways we can just switch our brain to take a time out. And um, I, I think that's also a real gift of art. It's mm. mm. beautiful. I can imagine at the end of a day of listening for our Sidewalk Talk volunteers, for anyone that maybe picked something up that was kind of heavy, some art and movement would be really sustaining too. So I'm just, I'm just hearing all these ways that myself and our other listeners can make use of what you're offering to deepen our capacity to be in connection with other people. Not only yeah. the not only the place to bring pain, but the place to amplify joy and the way to really have a, a something that grips us into. I mean, it can really grip you into the present moment. I feel like sometimes art grabs me by the scruff of my neck <laughs> into the present moment. You know, I yeah. love it. Well, I I appreciate this this short moment to to be together, and yeah, um, I'm so too. looking forward to to seeing the completion of this documentary film that I feel like I've been on this journey with called the create, where can people find you? The creative high. Yeah. Yeah. So the creative high.com is the, the website of the documentary in progress. And also my personal website is Adriana And, and I know you mentioned my first film, um, which I mean, but all those links are also on my, uh, film and projects page on adrianamarchion.com but you can also go directly to when the fall comes.com um, to find links to view that that short documentary about grief and the arts yeah that's wonderful and we have this tradition here at sidewalk talk as a way to close okay. we've asked everybody that comes on if you had a wish or a piece of advice for sidewalk talk or our volunteers what would that wish be or that that piece of advice be? Well, I, I was just thinking before when you were talking about art as a way to communicate and, and also even after you were saying like after someone's been listening all day, you know, if they could do some dance or 
or do a drawing or something to that effect. And it's, it's actually a great idea like to, to use it to process something, you know, just to have a, and people could, you can carry a, a small sketchbook or journal with you. And um, even with pen, it can just be a pen or it could be a few markers or whatever it may be. I love pastels for drawing. Um, but just to put what you experienced or what you're processing into a creative form in some way. And it can just be really like five minutes, right? It can be three to five minutes. It can be 10 minutes. And um, just to see and explore what might come out. Um, yeah. And the other thing I find too is sometimes creating in a simple way together. Like I'll do this with clients sometimes where they, we do a joint drawing. And so instead of talking, we're, we're drawing together. So they draw something that I, it's like a call mm -hmm. and response. You can do mm -hmm. it in movement too. I mean, you mm -hmm. can do it with all sorts of creative activities, but that, yeah, that it's also a different way, like, like the language that we can listen to each other. Mm. So, you know, if, if anyone's feeling experimental or already are, you know, already have a lot of creative tools, it's another way to be together through the mm. art process. That's beautiful. I love that. <laughs> this was so fun. Thank it's, you, Tracy. It's always fun and a little little strange to interview someone that you're so close to, but this is, <laughs> this is fun. I, it was like artistic in and of itself because I, I got to put on a different set of ears in a way when, when I get to sort of meet you in this artistic space of the podcast. Who knew? Yeah. It's really fun. Really oh, it's it. so great. I just, you are such a good listener. I feel, you know, to me like that, just knowing like you get it on so many levels. I really, I really appreciate that, Tracy, and your heartfelt support for what I'm trying to do. It's, <laughs> it's a big, it's, a, it's been a, a lot of work and, uh, and a lot of, yeah, having people like you on my side for the film and all that's amazing. So thank you. Mm. Well, likewise. I think we both champion each other, so I appreciate that, but I will receive your gratitude. <laughs> well, thanks, my dear, to be yes. continued. And you guys, I can't wait for you to go check out past film when the fall comes, and I'm so excited for the creative high. I can't wait. Thanks, Tracy. All right. Bye, Bye. for now. Thank you for being here and listening to this episode of the Sidewalk Talk podcast. If you like what you heard, tell your friends, tell your family, like and comment on the podcast publisher that you're listening from and subscribe. This will help us get the word out about changing our culture to one of 